chapter seventeen of tarano the conqueror by ray cummings this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva violet beam of death we landed on a stage at the summit of one of the nearer hillsides our coming unheralded since we had carried no sending instruments created a furor the workers rested to watch us as we disembarked it was not so different a scene here on the hill than might have occurred on earth we took a moving platform down the hill to the water's edge a barge was awaiting us a broad flat vessel with gaudy trappings a score of attendants lined its sides each with a pole to thrust it through the shallow water and on its high raised stern beneath a canopy was a couch upon which tarrano reclined with us of his party at his feet a royal barge queerly ancient barbaric reminding me of the flat motionless pictures of earth's early history yet it was a symbol here on venus not of barbarism but of decadence we started off i may have given a false idea of the size of the great city its lake indeed was fully fifteen miles or more in diameter half a million people lived on or close around that placid stretch of water the news of tarrano's arrival had instantly spread graceful boats all propelled by hand thronged our course from them and from every house window balcony and rooftop a waving multitude cheered the coming of the master the new master to whom so recently they had given their allegiance the master who in return was to endow them with life everlasting it was a gay holiday throng cheering us tossing flower petals down upon us as we passed majestically beneath the bridges yet among these gaudily dressed women and men with the lustre of wealth and ease upon them others mingled others of a lower class poorly dressed with a badge of servitude upon them enthralled in a social peonage which i did not yet understand slayans wolfgar called them a term half of derision half contempt and wolfgar pointed one out to me a huge gray surly-looking fellow passing in a one-man shell or boat of tree fibre he gazed up at us as he went by a furtive glance of cold sullen fury unmistakable and i saw it again on others of his kind men women even children who gazed at us with big round eyes a dumb sullen resentment with a smouldering fury beneath it during the trip which may have taken an hour i remarked something also which did not at the time seem significant but very soon i was to recall it and understand its import argo of course was still with us as we embarked upon the barge a man evidently an official of the great city had paid his humble respects to tarrano and then withdrawn to a further part of the vessel drawing argo with him i saw the two in close conversation the official evidently was telling argo something of importance i could see argo growing indignant and then his eyes gleaming 
a leer upon his cruel lips during the trip tarrano sat calm half reclining on his couch sat watching with his keen expressionless eyes the applause of the multitude it was i think and i believe he felt it also the height of his career up to that time this triumphant entry into the greatest city of venus he did not speak just sat watching and listening with a half smile of triumph pulling at his mouth yet i know too that those keen eyes of his did not miss the sullen glances of the slaons the weather as always in the venus central state was warm a luxurious tropic warmth and now i felt as i had seen from above the languorous sensuous quality of it all music mingled with the ripple of girlish laughter and cheers came from the houses as we passed soft fragrant flower petals deluged us the very air was laden heavy with exotic perfumes from the flowers which were everywhere we arrived at last at what appeared to be a palace a broad low building of polished stone on an island of its own it was the building i had noticed when first we saw the great city from above gardens were about the building and on its roof flowers lined its many balconies we drew up to a stone landing place the palace of the princess maida wolfgar whispered but i had no time to question him attendants appeared a queer mixture incongruous men of science armed with belts of instruments they greeted tarrano humbly escorted him away other attendants natives of the city in flowing bright-colored robes we had seen everywhere a group of them laughing young girls descended upon us the princess maida bids you welcome they hurried us into the building i was surprised tarrano had seemingly ignored us it was quite as though we were honored guests arriving in the central state when maida was its ruler led by the girls we passed upward into the building past splashing fountains cascades of perfumed water with tubes of silver light gleaming in its midst and were thrust at last into a room the girls withdrew across the floor polished stone with heavy woven rugs upon it georg and the princess maida advanced upon us our greetings were brief i could have talked to them both for a day questioning them and they no doubt had as much to ask of us but they were solemn grave and anxious not now jack georg said to me elsa dear i have been so worried over you but i demanded jack the situation here our own cause the safety of our earth itself this tarrano but maida stopped him the very air has ears not now her glance turned to wolfgar her slim hands went out to greet him wolfgar my friend it is good to see you here wolfgar knelt before her gazed for one instant into her eyes and then with head bowed brushed the hem of her robe to his face she laughed gently stand up wolfgar 
i would not be the princess maida to you now only your friend your grateful friend there was a sudden soundless flash from across the room a beam of violet flame darted at us it struck just between maida and wolfgar as he rose from his knee both of them involuntarily stepped backward apart from each other and between them breast high the flame hung level across the room maida was on one side of it all the rest of us on the other i turned at the door argo had appeared from a black object in his hand the beam was streaming he rested the black thing on a wall ledge so that the beam hung level stand where you are all of you he started toward maida behind the beam from the rest of us georg made as though to leap forward but wolfgar restrained him wait you don't understand that's death i saw now that the violet light had encircled us only maida and argo were outside it he was approaching her with a cylinder in his hand the ray from it struck her without power of movement or speech her eyes terrified turned to us again georg would have leaped but wolfgar shouted wait that's death don't you understand argo was leering death <laughs> yes if you touch that violet light death of course but you won't touch it you will stand and watch stand silently for you know that if you shout the vibrations will bring the beam upon you you won't move you'll stand and watch me kill your princess maida not quickly she is too beautiful for that you georg brenda you wolfgar traitor from mars you shall see your princess maida die this would-be traitorous to my master tarano with all the strength of his puny body wolfgar flung georg backward safely away from the deadly violet beam and then without warning without a cry which would endanger us the little mars man sprang headlong into and through the violet beam of death End of chapter seventeen